Dear people, this is the word of God. Let us hear our God from Paul's inspired writing to the Philippians in chapter 3, beginning verse 1 and reading through verse 11. Hear now, your Lord. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision which worship God and the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh, though I might have confidence in the flesh. If any other man thinks that he has whereof, he might trust in the flesh, I more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me... Those I count laws for Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but laws for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. May God bless his word to our hearts. Again, Lord, we are your people. You're true, and we delight in that. Uh, thou has made it so, and thou has revealed it to us, and we are uplifted. We ask, Heavenly Father, that thou would bless us now through the hearing of your word, the reading of it, and the preaching of it. In your name, we do pray, Lord Jesus, bless your name. Amen. Uh, verse 8. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Wow. What a verse this is. I mean, the Bible's, the whole, the whole book is pregnant with meaning, but but this is some verse, excellence. I want to just address that for a moment. Excellence. That's a, that's a, a powerful word, but an encouraging word, isn't it? I think we are all encouraged by uh, 
some of the schools around here, particularly uh, colleges. We think of Grove City College, for example, not too far from here. Uh, one of the things that uh, they're known for, and not only in the United States, but in other parts of the world, Grove City College, Hilldale is like it as well, Hillsdale, is uh, they're known for academic excellence. Student graduates from Grove City College or from Hillsdale College, there's a number of colleges as well throughout the land, the world takes note. Those people hiring, they want people like that because they're known for their academic excellence in many fields at, at college, probably almost every field uh, that they, that they uh, teach. Uh, another thing that that's impresses us that I think most of us, if not all of us to some extent, is uh, athletic excellence, right? Athletic, this is the season, right? There's football and there's baseball. Again, I, I must say, I, I just must say that they desecrate the Sabbath day, these people, and they shouldn't do that. Nevertheless, we are encouraged by their ability Right, the World Series is on. It's going to be on soon. The best ball players, the best baseball players in the world are found here. They're the best. Hands down, there's none better. Same with football. The best in the world, right here. And we have many Olympic athletes that are the best at what they do in the world. Not, we're not the best in everything, but the best in many things. And that uplifts us, that encourages us, certainly encourages them and their parents and grandparents and churches if they go to churches and all that stuff. Excellence. I should encourage all of us to excellence, whatever it is. Whatever it is you're pursuing, whatever it is you're doing, be the best at it. Strive to be the best. Not to boast about uh, others or to put down others or anything like that, but to do your best with the gifts that God, the talents, the abilities that God has given, the opportunities that he has given to you. Be the best. Use them well. And we can take encouragement from uh, academics that are the best at their field and, and athletes that are the best. We should be encouraged. It's not a put down, they're better than us at that, of course. But let's be the best at what we're gifted at and talented with. Certainly, do you not want for your children, your youngsters and your grandchildren, the best education, academic excellence for them? Christian education, Christ education centered, and academic excellence, be the best. Well, that's what Paul is saying here, using a term that's common to athletes and sports and things like that. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to talk about that. The 
excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. <clears throat> Three ways. The knowledge, what is this knowledge? The purpose of this knowledge. And the progress, the progression of this knowledge. The excellency, striving for, to be excellent in the knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's a wonderful thing to, to carry with us at all times. Now, <clears throat> you note that Paul was dealing with a problem that was going to take away from the excellency of the gospel of the, of the knowledge of the gospel of Christ Jesus my Lord. And so Paul is, you know, he's kind of confrontational here. He calls them Beware of those, those dogs, those savage beasts, those wolves in sheep's clothes, perhaps. Evil workers. The concision. Later he says, I wish they'd go the whole way and cut the thing off. That's how upset he is. These were people, some commentators say they were Judaizers, that... Uh, hated the Lord Jesus Christ. They were Jews that hated the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel of Christ, and they wanted to subvert it. Others, uh, commentators, say that, no, these were Gentile converts to Judaism that were causing the trouble. And they were hearkening back to the beggarly things of the law, and particularly the circumcision. Either way, they were taking away from the the. Uh, excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, his Lord. And for that reason, he is angry. He is confrontational. He's upset. <clears throat> he, uh, you know, you can call it a works gospel, you can call it going back to the beggarly things of the Lord, but whatever compromises the gospel, we should want to have no part in and of. <clears throat> and then he goes into saying, speaking like a man, if you will, for a moment, in verses 5 and 6, circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is of the Lord, blameless. I mean, I am it. Look at me, he's saying. If I want the glory in my flesh, if I want the glory in myself and the way I'm acting according to the religion of the Old Testament, I am a perfect example. I have gained so much. In fact, I'm a Pharisee. The Pharisees were considered the most religious people in the world, the most moral people. And the disciples were amazed when Jesus said, and it's easier 
For a camel to pass through the eye of a needle and a rich man to enter into heaven, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the elders and the scribes were sons of the devil. They were flabbergasted. Who then can be saved? They didn't understand yet. But Paul says and goes on, but what things were gained to me, in verse 7, those I counted loss for Christ. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law, a Pharisee in righteousness, uh, which is of the law, blameless. All those things are loss. To gain Christ. Their liabilities compared to Christ. Compared to the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Notice of the knowledge of Christ. I have learned that he is Christ, that he is Jesus, that he is Lord. Those three things, those names are very important. This is what I've learned about this babe of, born in Bethlehem that the angels song about. He is Christ, the anointed one. As the Old Testament said, the anointed one who was ordained by God the Father, anointed by the Spirit, is the chief prophet, the high priest, and the eternal king. The king of kings and lord of lords. He is Christ. My knowledge has been. It's excellent knowledge because I found out, I know now that he is the Christ. Then it's also that he is Jesus. Jesus, the name means Jehovah's salvation. The excellence of the knowledge that he is Christ, that he is Jesus, that he is Lord, the exalted one. The one who owns us because he bought us at a price and the price was his own life, his blood. This is the knowledge revealed in the gospel and in the holy scriptures, that he is the Christ, that he is Jesus, uh, Jehovah say that he is Lord, the exalted one. And this is what we strive, brothers and sisters, and this is why I love the Reformed faith, I love the Orthodox Presbyterian Church that has uh, labored long and hard to, to keep that faith, the excellence of that faith, the, the depth and the detail of that faith, pure. No, it's made mistakes. It's not a perfect church. You know, we all have said that before, and you know that. Uh, but it's a true church. And we have, what, what, what we have done in the, in the reformed uh, camp, if you will, 
is that we have come up with a statement of faith that is excellent. Excellent. Of what am I talking about? The Westminster Standards. The Continental Reformers have the three forms of unity. That's our statement of faith. That's our creed. You know what creed means? I believe. That's what a creed is. I believe. I believe. And we have it outlined in the Westminster Standards, the Confession of Faith, and the larger and shorter catechism, what we believe. What we believe about what? What we believe about what the Holy Scriptures say about Christ. They are excellent. They're not perfect either. We have made some changes over the course of time, but they've, they've withstood the, the test of time for hundreds of centuries. They're the best statements of faith on the planet. Someone, anyone could say, I believe the Bible. I believe that the Bible is the word of God. I believe in Jesus Christ and all these things. But there's much more about the, what the scriptures say. What do you believe about Christ? What do you believe about the Bible? What does the Bible teach? Here you are. The Westminster Standards tells you what the Bible teaches about many things, not everything, but many, many things. Every one of us should be very familiar with this. The Confession of Faith, the larger short of and teach them to your children. Insist, because they're excellent, and that's what we want. We want to be excellent. The excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. The more you know about Jesus from the Bible, the more you study the Bible. And the standards are just another way to study the Bible. They're a systematic study of the, of the doctrines of Scripture. You should know them. I'm not saying that's the only book you should read, but that's what we believe. The Bible teaches in so many ways. Again, not a perfect time. We have changed, have tweaked them, and some people have disagreements with this and that, but overall, they are excellent. And that's what I want excellency in the knowledge that the Bible teaches about Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so I have emphasized the knowledge and when you hear that word you think of intellect intelligence intellectual knowledge and you're right Jesus said as a person believes so shall he be so shall he do you want to know what a person believes watch them that's what they believe they might Say, no, I, I don't believe in gossip. Well, that's why do you do it? Because that's what you do. I'm not a liar. Then why do you lie? Why do you fudge? Why do you exaggerate? 
The world does. That's what the world does. That's the way they find out about you and me. That's the way they think that you uh, are no better than they are. Because you just act like, like them. You have the same values, the same standards. You don't treat anything that's important to you as dumb. Your life is full of yourself. Which is what the world is, right? Full of self. That's not excellence. That's not what Paul says here. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Not just some things, all things. What he mentioned before and everything else. And do count them but dung, manure. That I win Christ. It's a powerful, it's a powerful verse. Have you ever thought about it long and hard? I, uh, but getting back to what I was saying, intellectual knowledge of the Bible, understanding of the Bible is extremely important. The Westminster Standards, I just gave you an example, help you to understand the Bible. It's not the only thing, but it's helpful. But there's also something, there's a little word here that I think we should uh, pick up on that's very important. He says, and I count all things but laws for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's, uh, we covered that. My Lord. That little uh, pronoun, my, my Lord. See, it's not just, Paul's talking about if you want to be excellent. If you want excellency in the knowledge of Christ, you have to know Christ. Not only intellectually know things about Christ, which many people do, but you have to know Christ personally. He has to be your all in all. He's not only speaking about head knowledge, he's speaking about heart knowledge as well. Yes, head knowledge is very important, as I said, as Jesus said, as a man believes, so shall he do. But heart knowledge, knowing him personally, being in communion with him, being here 100%, you know, not flagging off somewhere, you know, thoughts about tomorrow or later on to, today or something, or the, or the ball game that's on this afternoon. You know, fooey on that, dumb. That's what that is. But being in communion, union with God through Jesus Christ. Yes, the pastor is reading the word and he's preaching from a verse and taking it a little, a little apart. He's speaking my language because, yeah, it warms, what do they say, the cockles of the heart and all that? Because it's, it's what I love. I love Jesus. I, I know about him. Yeah, I know a lot about him. But I love him. I love him so much more than even I know. So that's important, the balance there of head knowledge and heart knowledge. Paul is saying that he has excellent knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, his Lord, his personal Savior. Jesus went to the cross, dear people. He died for you and for me personally. He had our names 
the Lamb's Book of Life, before it all went down in history, he had our names written in the Book of Life. And he went to the cross with the names of that book in his mind. Took it there. That's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. So, so blessed are we, oh dear people. And he goes on. He says that, uh, he, he talks about this, this knowledge and, and uh, one commentator points out that there's a purpose to this knowledge. And uh, the purpose is to, to win Christ, right? In verse 8 at the end. That I may win Christ. What does that mean to, to, to win Christ? Well, it's, he's certainly not speaking that he's selfish. Just, you know, that I want to be the winner. That I, It's some selfish need that he has to win and not to lose kind of thing. Because he has lost. He's lost everything in order to win Christ. In order to gain Christ. So he, he's not talking from a selfish heart or spirit in that sense uh, uh, to win others or uh, to, to win over others, uh, to win the command of others. But the purpose of this knowledge <clears throat> is, uh, is to, to win Christ, to glorify God. What is the chief end of man, right? It's, a, it's to, uh, you know, to glorify God, really. In a word, to glorify God. And this is winning Christ is to glorify God. It's, a, it's to the glory of God and the glory of Christ. And that's what it's all about. You know, there's people that are evangelicals that are in the church of Jesus Christ. And, and they think that it's up to us, right, to win Christ. That's what they, the way they interpret things. Uh, like this first to win Christ is to is to do it on your in, 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 on your own in a way it's to exercise your own willpower your own strength your own behavior whatever uh, a, a works sort of religion and that's how you win Christ but that's not what Paul is saying here when he talks about uh, winning Christ <laughs> literally it means to gain to acquire. Uh, you, you, you gain Christ. You gain Christ by, by knowing about him, by having the knowledge of him. Not only head knowledge, but heart knowledge as well. You, you gain something, uh, and you gain a great deal. It's what Jesus said in the gospel, that you should hunger and thirst after righteousness, the righteousness that is found in Jesus Christ alone. I hunger and I thirst after it, and I found it. I got it. That's winning. That's what Paul's talking about. Uh, you, 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 you gain, you acquire the righteousness that is in Jesus Christ alone for salvation. It's true that uh, as soon as a child of God appropriates Christ, is regenerated by the Holy Spirit, believes and repents of his sin, embraces Christ Jesus, he's won them. But he's not just talking about winning in a stagnant sense, winning in one time. It's winning with a progress. There's, there's pro progress in this. 
and I'll, I'll come to that in a minute, but the, uh, <clears throat> before I do, I just want to, be, before I, I get into the last part of my sermon, which, I don't know, might come to you easily, or it might not. We'll see. But, uh, Uh, as one commentator put it, the, the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffer all things uh, and count them but dung, that I may win him, that be found in him, that gain him, acquire him and him only, and everything else is second, third, and far out. Uh, this is priceless knowledge. You can't put a price on it. You can't work for this. You don't have enough energy. You don't have enough strength. You don't have enough purity. You don't have enough on your own. This is priceless. This is worth more than all the world's wealth. It's worth more than a thousand worlds. To gain Christ, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior is priceless. It cannot be compared to anything else. And that's why he characterizes things in this way. That... Uh, Gaining that excellent knowledge that he is the Christ, he is Jesus, he is the Lord, he is my Lord. I am willing to lose everything that came before. Everything. He said in another place, for example, compare the sufferings that you go through, and you know I'm a human. You're, you're, I, I feel your pain, as that one politician said, and in some sense that's true. I feel your, when you suffer, I suffer. When you weep, I weep. When you rejoice, I rejoice. That's the way we're supposed to be, right? So, but, but in another place, Paul says in Romans that comparing whatever you're suffering now in this world, in this life, compared to the glory that will follow, it's nothing. Well, that's what he's saying here in another way. He's saying the temporal life and living that you now experience and have is nothing compared to eternal life. The excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior and knowing more and more about him from the Holy Scriptures is everything, is priceless. Uh, and so nothing, as uh, a quote, nothing may replace or be substituted for it. Nothing may in any way interfere with that in comparable knowledge 
that all-surpassing knowledge must be the fundamental goal of our life, but is it? The uh, commentator here says, nothing may in any way interfere with that incomparable knowledge, but it does, Lord, doesn't it? It does. Every day things get in my way to make me compromise or take shortcut or whatever it may be. It does interfere. But I don't want it to interfere. <clears throat> Just so your sufferings. Again, I feel your pain. I'm human too. I don't like to suffer. My wife was having a terrible time with a toothache. Cheering up. My heart broke for her. I know what it's like. I've been there. Yeah, I'm sure many of you have been there. It is agony. You can't think of anything else. You just want it to end. But that suffering and that kind of suffering and the sufferings we go through in our life are nothing compared to knowing, to, to, to have the excellent knowledge that Christ is Jesus Christ and is my Lord and Savior. But they do. They do interfere. And so winning Christ means that not only for a one-time thing, but we keep on going. We, we progress in the excellent knowledge that Christ Jesus is my Lord. And the Bible is replete with him from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. It's all about him. So there's plenty to learn uh, concerning him. <clears throat> now, before we go, I just want to say a few things about doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. When he says, I count all things but loss, He's referring, as I said, to him being circumcised on the eighth day, uh, Israel, Hebrew, you know, all that. It's a loss. It's no longer what's important. Christ has taken the place, has fulfilled everything. But not only that, he's taken a loss of friends, whatever. Money, jobs, opportunities, Friends, family, whatever it takes, if it's a hindrance. And I'll quote, Now Paul includes all his earthly possessions, his money, his friends, anything and everything that could possibly hinder his knowledge of Christ. Now there's the rub, right? He doesn't really mean the family. He doesn't really mean my friends. He doesn't really mean my girlfriend or my boyfriend, right? He can't be that fanatical. Just like Jesus when he said, if you love mother or father or sister or brother more than me, you're not worthy of me. He didn't mean that, right? 
That's our, that's our, our book. That's our talk sometimes. He didn't mean that. Be careful. Of course he did. If they become a hindrance to knowing Christ and the glory of his resurrection and knowing the scriptures and understanding the scriptures and applying them to my if they're standing in my way, I count it loss. That doesn't mean you go get divorced from your wife if she's opposed to the Reformed faith. That's not what he's saying here. Or you do, you know, you just dump your children in the trash like rubbish, treat them as dung. That's not what he's saying. But he is saying, if they become a hindrance like these Judaizers, if they become rebels to the cause, you pray for them, you care about them, you give them every opportunity to repent, you bring them into your home and witness to them, but I cannot abide your errors and your sins. If you want to marry that girl or that guy that is clearly an unbeliever, I cannot be part of that. I love you dearly and I always will love you and you're always welcome into my home. But not like that. You counted loss. That's what Paul's saying. Anything that gets in the way of Christ Jesus, the knowledge of him. Not only the head knowledge, but the heart knowledge. You count it but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of knowing personally and intellectually your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's a high call. That's a high bar. I know. And we all fail at it. Paul didn't fail so much. He did. He got in trouble for it. He got persecuted for it. He, he, he did count. Jesus was it all, all. It didn't matter. Anyone opposed to it, he opposed them. He didn't get mean about it, but he opposed them. They wanted to kill him. His friends turned enemies. They would have with Jesus when he went to the cross. Everyone dispersed. Everyone left. Crucify him, crucify him, they said. All those people that were following him, those people that were healed by him, many, crucify him. Of course, he saved many of them afterwards. <clears throat> and so I, I, I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, to remember the word that Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew. What if a person profits in, in, the, in the way that he gains the entire world but loses his soul? What's that mean in the end? You're giving up your knowledge of Jesus Christ, your witness, your love for him because of a family member? Because you want to compromise with a family member or a friend or, 
or your job or whatever it may be? Really? What's, pro what's the profit in that? Jesus said if you gain the whole world and you lose your soul. In, in your case and mine, we're not going to lose our soul necessarily if we compromise, but we lose our witness, we lose our standing, we lose our standard. And that's a shame. Doesn't it break your heart? To compromise with someone or some boss or some person in your family or compromise your, your religion? See, that's why a lot of people don't want to know more. Don't tell me anything more about the Bible. Don't tell, I don't want to get deep into it because I fear that I have a, I'll have to live by that standard. And so they don't study. They don't learn so much. Let's know the basics. And the appeasing message. No. But for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, I count all things but loss and as dung that I may win Christ to my dying day. Praise be to God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us pray. Heavenly Lord, thank you for leading us in the way everlasting for your great name's sake. What a verse this is. Talk about meaning. Talk about message. Uh, it, it's just wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for it. We, we fail. We know we do. We, we don't live up to this standard. Uh, but we pray that we might do better and count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord and Savior, in whose name I pray. Amen. <laughs>